Welcome everybody to another great installment of Calvary Christian Center. We pray that today's message encourages you and inspires you like never before. So sit back, grab your notes, your notepad, and enjoy this message live from Calvary Christian Center. Since you can't be here, I'm coming into your homes, but I'm warning you, when I finally do see you, I'm gonna hug some of you till you turn blue. But we are here today to celebrate Palm Sunday, and we're celebrating all weekend long. This is the time when Jesus came on Palm Sunday, riding a donkey into Jerusalem. And I got some good news for you. I got some good news for you today. The same Jesus that came to Jerusalem 2,000 years ago will come right to your house today. You know, I was so concerned when all this started because I love to be with God's people. I love to have church, and we've been four weeks now without a, a gathering here on any of our campuses. But the Lord said, don't worry about it. He said, what's happening right now, this is not a church invasion, this is a home invasion. So in this very moment, I believe that the spirit and the power and the presence of God is invading your home. I love you so much. I'm excited about preaching to you today. God bless you good for tuning in. Listen, I want you to look to Matthew chapter 21. As I said, today is Palm Sunday, and we're going to celebrate Palm Sunday with you, and we're moving right into Holy Week, and it's going to be quite a time that we're going to have together. But I'm going to read uh, a, a few passages of Scripture. We're going to start with uh, Matthew 21, verse 1. It says, Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. Verse 3 says, And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did just as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and set him on them. And the very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitude who went before and those who followed cried out saying, Hosanna, son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Then I want you to note Acts 2.36. It says, therefore, let all the house of Israel, don't miss that, all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has come and God has made the same Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord 
and Christ. And then a very familiar passage in Revelations 3.20. Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. He said, If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and I will dine with him and he will dine with me. I want to preach to you on this great Palm Sunday for just a few minutes along these lines. Knock, knock. Look who's at the door. Honey, this is a home invasion. And Jesus is invading your home. I believe before this time is over that I'm spending with you, he's going to invade somebody's home with power. He's going to invade somebody's home with peace. He's going to invade somebody's home with deliverance. He's knocking at someone's door right now. Why don't you just say, come on into my house, Jesus, and have your way. Father, we love you on this Palm Sunday. We celebrate Jesus. Anoint me, God. May my words be clear and concise. May I connect to your people, your precious word. We celebrate you, Jesus, on this Palm Sunday. Amen. Listen, Palm Sunday is incredible to me. I, it's really one of my favorite Sundays to preach. 2,000 years ago, Jesus came, according to Acts, to the house of Israel. Some of you are saying, well, Pastor, I don't really understand calling Israel the house of Israel. If you study God's word 146 times throughout the Bible, we actually read the term referring to Israel, not just Israel, but the house of Israel. And if you transliterate or define the word house in the Hebrew, it means a house. It means a dwelling, but it also means a household. It means a family. It means those belonging to the same house. You know what I'm declaring in faith? I'm declaring that the same Jesus that came to the household of Israel is going to come to your house today. He's going to come to your house, your home, your habitation. But not only that, he's going to come to your family. He's going to come to everyone that belongs to your house. I'm declaring that even if your house, even if your family, you live in different locations. It's kind of like how Calvary. We have a Calvary here in Ormond. We have a Calvary uh, in Orlando. We have a Calvary in New Smyrna Beach. And we have a Calvary in Palm Coast. But you know what? We are one house. And I'm declaring that Jesus is going to come to your house. He's going to come to your family. He's going to visit you just like he visited the house of Israel. Now, Palm Sunday is awesome to me because Jesus comes to the house of Israel and he comes into the city of Jerusalem. So if Israel was the house, here's what I believe. I believe that Jerusalem was the door. The reason that I believe Jerusalem was the door is Jerusalem is the most revered and sacred city in all the world. Jerusalem is the place where God's presence dwelt. It was the place where the Shekinah glory of God was. It was the place where the temple was. It, Jerusalem was the place where Jesus was crucified. Jerusalem was the place where he was buried, and on the third day he rose again. It was in Jerusalem where Jesus ascended and it's in Jerusalem where Jesus is going to come back there's so many necessary things that are attached to Jerusalem it's the most awesome city in all of human history so if Israel was the door was the house Jerusalem was the door and Jesus came
came that day to the house of Israel and he came right to the door. He came to the door to invade the house. And I've got news for you. That same Jesus who came to the house of Israel, who came to the door in Jerusalem, right now today, he will come to your house. This is a home invasion. That day 2,000 years ago, the healer came to the house of Israel. The redeemer came to the house of Israel. The way maker, come on, the miracle worker, the promise keeper. He came to the door of Jerusalem and he came to the house of Israel. And I believe right now, even now, he's knocking at somebody's door and he's coming to your house. Why don't you just say, Lord, invade my home what I love about this whole story there's so much there is the fact that when you study the life of Jesus you'll find out that Jesus walked everywhere he went he walked one dusty dirty mile after another he, he, he walked many miles days at the time it was nothing for him to make the long and arduous journey from Galilee. I've ridden that journey many times. I've never walked it, but it's a long stretch from Galilee to Jerusalem. He would take one dusty, dirty step after another, and he walked about doing good. But amazingly, on that day, when he's coming into Jerusalem, he doesn't walk in. He rides a donkey. It's not just that he came, it's how he came. Now, I want to talk about the house of Israel, and I want to talk about the door of Jerusalem, but I can never forget the donkey. I can never any Palm Sunday leave out the donkey because I am just transfixed at the fact that deity rode a donkey that Jesus rode a donkey. Now remember, Jesus is coming in on Palm Sunday amidst shouts of Hosanna. They're celebrating him, but soon those very same shouts of Hosanna would turn in and give way to cries of crucify him. Let me give you one side note here. You can never be surprised when people who are loving you one day want to kill you the next. When people are throwing accolades at you one day and they're throwing bricks at you the next, don't I know it? Now let's jump on this text and I just want to have to talk about the donkey. You say, why? Because I can identify with the donkey. You see, I want to explain this thing for just a moment. I was so taken by this text. Jesus sends two of his disciples and he says, hey, go get a donkey. Can you imagine something valuable and precious like that? Go get a donkey, just get him, just take him. Maybe like Grand Theft Auto today. You mean you want me to take him? They were probably afraid they'd get arrested. But Jesus knew what they were thinking, and he said, listen, when you go get them, if you get stopped, make this statement. Tell them these words, the Lord has need. Mark 11, 1. Said, just tell them the Lord has need. Now, now this, this statement right here blows my mind. He said, tell them the Lord has need. This is almost shocking to me because this is Jesus talking. 
This is the water walker, the wonder worker, the way maker, the body healer. This is the God who can do anything. He is El Shaddai in the flesh. And the Bible said, tell him the Lord has needs. Y'all, he's God. What could God need? What's got to be understood is this. The reality is God, Jesus, God in the flesh, he already owned the donkey. He owned everything that revolved around the donkey. David declared in Psalms 24 that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. You know what that means? That means he owns everything. You say, well, this is my land. This is my car. This is my house. Well, I'll tell you what. If you pass away, you'll find out it's really not yours. You don't own it. You're a steward of it. See, what I love about God is this. God will place things in our hands. He'll place resources in our hands. And even though all of it is already his, he gives us the option on whether we will keep it or give it. Will we withhold it or will we extend it? Because in reality, here's what I know about God. When he provides for his people, he provides for himself. In, in, when he takes care of you and he takes care of me, he takes care of his own work. I want you to look again at verse 3 of Mark 11. It says, the Lord has need. What on earth could the Lord need? The word need there means employment, require. It literally means business. So the Lord here is declaring, I have business to take care of. See, I want to let you know that COVID-19 hasn't put the church out of business. This coronavirus has not put Jesus out of business. Jesus is still working. Jesus is still moving. Jesus is still making a way. And the church is still in business. The devil thought that this virus was going to shut us up. The devil thought that this moment was going to scare us and cause us to walk in fear. But let me tell you here at Calvary, what we're doing is we're doing the king's business. We're shining brighter than we've ever shined before. This church it's all about the king's business. And that's what you're about in Jesus' name. Be about the king's business. Now, here's the truth. When God provided this donkey for this man, he was providing for himself. And that's the way the Lord works. In Luke 5, he provided Simon with a ship, and then he got in that ship and preached the gospel. In Luke 22, he provided a good man with an upper room and used it to celebrate and institute and establish communion. In Mark 11, he provides someone with a donkey, and then he uses that donkey to ride triumphantly into Jerusalem. In Mark 15, he provided a man named Joseph of Arimathea with a tomb, and then he borrowed it for three days before rising again victorious over death, hell, and the grave. Jesus will bless us in order to be a blessing. See, the Lord provided for them, and when he did, he provided for himself. Now, what's amazing to me is not only when we realize the provision of the Lord, but when he articulated what he needed. He said, I need a donkey. Can you imagine? Like I said, I have to preach about the donkey 
every time on Palm Sunday because I identify with the donkey. The Lord needs a donkey, a stubborn, common, hard-headed, everyday donkey. The Lord said, he's hard-headed, but I need him. He's stubborn, but I need him. He's got issues, but I need him. Isn't it something to think that the God of the universe would actually need me? That he would actually need you, that he needs us. Now listen, when I say the Lord needs us, I don't mean that he needs us to become who he is. Listen, God is who he is. He's God all by himself. He's God with you or without you. But the Lord needs you. He needs me. The Lord needs us because he wants to use us. This is not the moment when the church should shrink back. This is not the moment when we should be quiet on our social media about the healing and miracle power that's in the name of Jesus. But this is the moment when we should say, Lord, even though I'm a donkey, even though I've got issues, use me, Lord. Surely there were those when Jesus called for a donkey who thought, a donkey? Why would he use a donkey? Why don't we get Jesus a beautiful, powerful, majestic steed? Why doesn't he ride in on a stallion or ride in on a war horse? But Jesus said, no, I got business for a donkey. I've come to tell you something today. <laughs> the Lord still uses donkeys. I am a living witness. Listen, I'm glad about it. You, you say, well, pastor, I don't know if I can be happy. Well, if you can't be happy, your husband can sure be happy. Come on. The Lord still uses donkeys. There are times in my life when I've seen the Lord use me and I thought, Lord, there are people who are more articulate than me. There are people who are better than me. Why don't you use him, Lord? He, he's a stallion. Why don't you use him, Lord? He's more powerful. There are times when the Lord uses us and we think, Lord, somebody else is more qualified than we are. Someone else is more capable than we are. Someone else is more gifted than we are. Use a thoroughbred, Lord, I'm a donkey. Use a war horse, Lord, I'm a donkey. But see, that's what Jesus does, precious. Jesus uses people who are not all that. He uses people who are jacked up. He uses people who struggle. He'll use an underdog. He'll use the unlikely. He'll even choose the unfit. And he'll make something great out of them. See, that's one of the reasons why I love him. Because I know I'm not a stallion. I know I'm not all that. I know my own limitations. But here's the deal. He has business for me to do. God will use us in spite of our stubborn ways. God will use us in spite of the fact that often we resist. He rode a donkey. Jesus rode a donkey. Deity on a donkey. Psalms 18 said he could have ridden upon a cherub and flown upon the wind, but he rode a donkey. His name is Jehovah, the one who rides the heavens, but that day he rode a donkey. <laughs> Hallelujah. And donkeys, listen, donkeys were considered even unclean. Jesus didn't even ride an animal that was considered clean. Donkeys were considered unclean because of the way they chewed their food and because of the condition of their hooves. It was the things that they partook of, the way they chewed their food and the way and the places that they had walked and the way that they walked made them unclean. 
And the truth is, we are like a donkey in so many ways. We're unclean. When Jesus found us, we didn't have it going on. We weren't clean. We weren't perfect. We had problems. And the truth is that donkey, he was considered unclean because of his eating uh, ways. He was considered unclean because of the way he walked. And you know, folks, I want to tell you, what has caused us at times to be unclean is because of what we've consumed. We consume sin. We've consumed compromise. What's caused us to be unclean at times is because of where we've walked and what we've done and where we've been. But God said in spite of the fact that you've been unclean, in spite of the fact that you've struggled, in spite of the fact that you've been donkeyfied, come on, there's South Alabama coming through right there. In spite of the fact that you've been a donkey, I can use you. See, Jesus is the Lamb of God. And the lamb is riding a donkey. I may talk a little more about that in a few minutes. But I don't want you to miss this. Exodus 13, 13 instructed the Jews that they could redeem a donkey by sacrificing a lamb. A lamb redeems a donkey. And I don't know where I would be had the lamb not redeemed this donkey. I wouldn't be your pastor had the lamb not redeemed this donkey. I wouldn't be where I am today were it not for the sacrifice of the lamb. I know this is too much for some folks, but anybody glad that you're watching this, that the lamb was slain to redeem us donkeys? Come on. Maybe you're a war horse. Maybe you're a stallion. Maybe you're a majestic steed. Maybe you're a thoroughbred, but not me. I've been hard-headed. I've struggled, and I'm thankful for the lamb. There were things about the donkey that had to be dealt with. Number one, the donkey had to be broken. If this donkey was going to be used by the master, he had to be broken. See, an unbroken donkey has certain characteristics. An unbroken donkey is stubborn. You know anybody stubborn? You say, Pastor, they're sitting in the room with me. Well, don't you point at him. You say, you see, an unbroken donkey is fussing, fussy. An unbroken donkey wants to go his own way. How many times have we been like that donkey? We've been fussy and stubborn and always wanted to go our own way. In fact, Job describes a man and said a man is born like a wild donkey or a wild coat. The only, the only way a donkey can become what it's meant to become is through the process of breaking. And it takes the abilities of a trainer in order for the donkey to be broken because that trainer specializes in breaking that donkey. And I'm telling you, I wouldn't be where I am today and neither would many of you had Jesus not taken the time to break what needed to be broken in our lives. Had he not taken the time to break our pride and break our stubborn, fussy ways, Jesus dealt with us. Now I want to show you something very unusual. Jesus instructs his disciples to go and get the donkey. He said, go into the village opposite you. And he said, you'll enter there and you'll find a donkey tied on which no one has ever sat. Now, there's two things here. He said, number one, go to the village opposite you. Have you ever been told by the Lord to do the opposite of what you wanted to do? You're in a season right now just like me. Man, we are bound to our homes 
We, we can't leave our houses. We can't go to restaurants. I'm used to flying, going. Uh, I'm so task-oriented. I'm used to being on the road. I'm used to preaching here. But all of a sudden now, I'm in the opposite of what I'm accustomed to. And sometimes God will take you through seasons where you're the opposite of what you want, where you're experiencing the opposite of what you desire. But in those moments, he is breaking you. In those moments, he is teaching you. The Lord said, go to the village that's opposite here, and you're going to find a donkey tied, which no one has ever sat on. See, it's so incredible to me. Because the donkey that Jesus sat on had not been broken. But when that donkey had an encounter with Jesus, that donkey had not been trained in the natural, but when that donkey had an encounter with the real Jesus, that donkey didn't fuss, that donkey didn't resist, that donkey didn't buck, he submitted. And according to Job's, uh, to Job, man's will is like that of a wild donkey. But hear me, no matter how wild or unbroken a man may be, everything changes when the master gets on board. You don't know where I came from. You don't know what I used to be before Jesus changed my life. But let me tell you, when he got on board, he changed everything about me. He changed my attitude. He changed my disposition. He changed my desire when Jesus gets on board things change see some of you right now here's what you need to do you need to say Lord just come on board change whatever you want to change come and have your way in my life see Jesus specializes in changing wild and untamed and unbroken people into those that he can use for the sacred isn't it amazing that it was donkeys who had not been ridden that could be used for the sacred and even though this donkey struggled and had issues and was unbroken, when Jesus got on him, buddy, he submitted. And in that moment, God said, I can use him for the sacred. See, to be truly used by God, we got to submit to Jesus and we got to be broken. There'll come a point in our lives when our pride has to be broken. Come on. I know you're not shouting much right now in your homes, but the reality is there will come moments where you got to have that wheel broken, that own way broken. So often in the natural, when we see brokenness or broken people, we, we, we discard people like that. It's just the same as with a dish or with a plate or with a cup. If it's broken, we throw it away. But Jesus isn't like that. Jesus places a premium on brokenness. The Bible said a broken and a contrite heart, he will not despise. See, God can use us when we're broken. Some of you think because you're broken, God can't use you, but God can use you. Maybe you come from a broke down situation. Maybe you have a broke down past or you have broke down relationships. Maybe you have broke down finances. Maybe you're just broke down. You just feel broken down emotionally. But let me tell you, let the Lord get on board. Let Jesus get on board and everything will change. So number one, that donkey that I, I always have to talk about, he had to be broken. Number two, he had to be loosed he they Jesus said go to get that donkey and untie him loose him how many people want to be used by the Lord but they don't know what it is to get loose 
and we have so many preachers now that never talk about deliverance they never preach about a God who can actually loose you and set you free but I want to be a voice I want to be one that will come into your home and tell you that Jesus can still deliver that there is not anything that binds up a man or woman that Jesus can't set you free from. He can set you free from sexual bondage, from lust, from your own desires. He can set you free from anger, from your past, from religion, from pride, from sin. There's nothing that bounds up a man or binds up a man that Jesus can't set you free from. Jesus wants to use us, but he will loose us in order to use us. Here's what you gotta understand. Jesus didn't just say, find the donkey. Jesus said, loose him. Let me tell you something. I, I'm kind of like those disciples. I want to be the person who comes to you and I want to see you loosed. The enemy wants you bound up in your past. The enemy wants you bound up in your problem. The enemy wants you bound up in your sin. He wants your children bound up. He wants you bound up in your mind. But those disciples came and they loosed that donkey. And let me tell you, I am a disciple of Christ. And I am coming into your home and tell you, telling you there's not one thing that has you bound. But Jesus can reach down and he can loose you from it. He'll loose you from that addiction. He'll loose you from that problem. He'll loose you from that attitude. He'll loose you from that unforgiveness. Oh, he's a deliverer, folks. He'll loose you. He'll change your life. The donkey had to be broken. The donkey had to be loose. But number three, the donkey had to be willing to carry the king. Now, this is so powerful because everything hinged on the donkey's willingness to carry the king. The donkey was built to carry the load, but he had to be willing. See, we've been built to carry the glory of the Lord. We've been built to carry the presence of the Lord. We've been built to carry the power of the Lord, but we've got to be willing. That's the key. If that donkey somehow understood, listen, I can carry the king. He knew if he could carry the king, if he understood that he could carry the king, everything changed for the donkey. If you've ever carried the king, see, I, I carry the king. Come on, I, I carry the king. You need to put your hand on your chest and say, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I carry the king. Hallelujah, the king is in me. I carry the king. This donkey was willing to carry the king. If that donkey somehow knew who he was carrying, if he understood who he, who he was carrying, don't you know that day 2,000 years ago, that was one happy donkey. Don't you know that donkey must have been excited about who he was carrying? If that donkey knew who was on board, that donkey must have strutted into Jerusalem like a Clydesdale because he was carrying the gospel on his back. He was carrying the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He was carrying the way maker and the miracle worker and the promise keeper. He was carrying the King. I've come to tell you what the devil doesn't want you to, I feel like preaching. Ain't nobody in this building Building, but two or three people but I feel like there is an anointing coming in your home right now because you need to know you are built to carry the king you're not built to carry depression or doubt or fear you are built to carry the glory of the king and I want you to get a hold of this that donkey came in carrying the king 
Are you ready for this? And the donkey didn't receive the glory. Jesus did. See, that's very important there. The problem is, y'all, we got too many donkeys trying to receive the glory that belongs to the king. Those people, when they saw the donkey, make no mistake about it, they didn't remove their coats for the donkey. They weren't waving palm branches for the donkey. They weren't shouting for the donkey. There's not a preacher in America or in the world who needs to think that it's about them. Son, it's not about you. Daughter, it's not about you. Preacher, it's not about you. It's about who you carry. It's about what you carry. We carry the king. We are carrying the gospel. We got too many donkeys trying to get the glory that the king deserves they weren't celebrating the donkey they were celebrating the king the donkey just got the benefit see when you come in to God's house or your house you begin to worship the Lord and his presence comes he gets the glory but you get the benefits you get the healing, you get the power, you get the breakthrough. And I want you to understand something. The donkey was nothing without the rider. And you and I are nothing without Jesus. It's so beautiful to me because as I said, there is a lamb that's riding the donkey. On that day, it was preparation for Passover. And there were lambs everywhere. But there was a lamb riding that donkey that would replace every lamb in Jerusalem from that day and for all times. When Jesus came riding that donkey, people began to shout, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And Hosanna is a very beautiful word. From the Hebrew, it means, it literally is Yashatna. Yasha means save, and Na means now. And they said, save now, save now. Jesus comes to the house of Israel. He comes to the door of Jerusalem, and there are people shouting, save now. Since they're in a moment where they know nobody can save them, nobody can help them, they need Jesus. And hear me in this place, we are in a moment in our world where it seems like financial markets are shut down. Entertainment markets are shut down. Things that we have relied on and things that we have counted on. Jobs are not secure in this moment for so many people. But I tell you, what you need to shout on this Palm Sunday is Hosanna. You need to say, save us, Lord. Save our nation. Save our children. Save us, Lord. Save our world. I believe from the, from the time of this that we're spending in, in, in quarantine, I believe that from the ashes of this whole experience, there's going to be a mighty revival that's going Going to awaken because what's happening right now I believe that people are beginning to call upon the name of Jesus Christ Jesus came to the house of Israel he came to the door at Jerusalem and you know what he'll come to your house right now I read in the Bible where Jesus came to people's house in Mark 2 Jesus gets in the house and the Bible said there were so many that came that there was not even room enough to contain them. In other words, the containment broke. 
Jesus broke the containment of the house. In fact, in that same story, if you study, you remember they broke the ceiling. They destroyed the ceiling and they lowered a man down and Jesus healed him. And I was thinking about that. And the Lord spoke to me and said, when Jesus got in the house, containment was broken. The ceilings were destroyed. And let me tell you, some of you have been living lives that have been contained. You've been, you've been bumping your heads on ceilings and you felt like I can't get ahead and I can't get out and I can't get free. But in this moment, that same Jesus that came to that house, hallelujah, that came to that house in Mark 2 and he broke containment and the ceiling was destroyed. He'll break every ceiling that's trying to hold you down. He'll break the containment in your life and and I'm telling you, you'll be able to do things you never thought you could do. I declare in Jesus' name, he's coming to your house. He's breaking containment. He's lifting the ceiling. In John 20, Jesus comes into the house and he breathes on his disciples. And they receive the Holy Ghost. I declare he's coming into your house. He's at the door. He'll breathe on your family. The Holy Spirit will sweep through your family. He goes to the house of Simon in Capernaum and he heals Simon's mother-in-law's sick body. In Mark 5, he invades the house where there's a dead little girl named, Jer a dead little girl, Jairus' daughter, and she's dead. Y'all, she's not sick, she's dead. You don't get any sicker than dead. She's dead and Jesus walks in and said, Talitha Kuma, which means little girl, get up, and she got up you know what happened a dead thing a dead thing came to life when jesus got in the house and i'm declaring that god in the name of jesus that things you thought were dead are going to come back to life when jesus gets in your house he's going to resurrect dead marriages dead relationships he's going to resurrect dead issues and he's going to give you victory what you thought was dead jesus says talitha kuma daughter arise some of you have been dead in your sins, dead in your problems. I'm talking to sisters right now who have struggled so much and you feel like you're dying because of your past and you can't get victory over it because you were hurt. But I'm saying to you today, Talitha Kuma, daughter arise. Jesus is in the house. See, Jesus came to the house of Israel. He came to the door of Jerusalem. And if he'll come to the house of Israel, he'll come to your house. Revelation 3.20 said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's knocking on somebody's door right now. He wants to invade your home. Jesus wants you to know, I can change everything in this house if you will open the door. He wants you to know he's knocking. Did you hear it? He, he wants you to know he's knocking. You need to say, who is it? And I would say, look who's at the door. Healing is at the door. Breakthrough is at the door. Who is it? Hope is at the door. Who is it? Peace is at the door. Look who's at the door. Jesus is at the door. Everything you need is at the door. Come on, can you hear him knocking? He's at the door. He came to the house of Jerusalem and he'll come to your house. He came on Palm Sunday. He came to the house of, of, of Israel and he came through the door at Jerusalem and he'll come to your house in Palm Coast. He'll come to your house in Alabama, in Georgia, in Ormond, 
in Port Orange, in New Smyrna, in Orlando, in California, wherever you're watching across the nation and around the world. He'll come to your house. Jesus is at the door. I dare you to tell your family, Jesus is at the door. I dare you to tell that lost son, Jesus is at the door. I, tell you to tell, I dare you to tell that rebellious teenager, Jesus is at the door. Maybe your husband doesn't normally come to church with you, but look at him right now and say, Jesus is at the door. See, everything is gonna be all right. I know it feels like you ought to panic and give up and throw in the towel because of this virus and the enemy wants to make you think it's not gonna be all right, but I wanna tell you it's gonna be all right. I, I, you can't high-five your neighbor. You can't grab nobody by the hand, so grab yourself. Grab your, gr grab your own hands. Get your own, uh, get, grip one hand and get your other hand and just say to yourself, say self. Say self, look who's at the door. Tell yourself, say self, everything is gonna be all right. Say look who's at the door. Jesus is at the door. He said in his word, I stand at the door and knock. Some of you right now, man, the key to your breakthrough is open the door. This is a home invasion. He'll deliver your daughter. He will sanctify your son. He will change your situation. But here's the key. Open the door. He said, anybody who will open the door, I'll come in. And I'll sup with him. I'll dine with him. And he'll dine with me. Maybe you're struggling. Maybe you've been a donkey. Maybe you've been stubborn. Maybe you've had to have your own way. Maybe you've been unbroken. Maybe you've been bound. But there is someone at the door right now who will come right into your bondage. He'll come right in. to your struggle and he'll get on board he'll come right into your house and change everything you're watching me right now somebody's watching me and maybe you've struggled maybe you're not where you need to be with the Lord guess what He's at the door. It's a home invasion. He's come to your house. If you're not sure huh, that you're where you need to be with God, I want you to take your hand and place it on your heart. In fact, everybody ought to do it. Do your first works again. That's what the Bible says. And join with multitudes of people around the world who are going to pray with me right now. Pray, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, forgive me for all my sins. Forgive me if I've been like a donkey, unclean, stubborn. Forgive me for what I've consumed and for where I've walked. Forgive me for being unbroken. Forgive me for allowing myself to be bound. 
Take my heart. Wash it clean in your precious blood. Change my life and make me new. Come on board, Jesus. If you're at the door, don't stay outside. Come in my house. Come in my heart. Come into my life. I receive you now as Lord and Savior. Oh, I want to tell you something. If you prayed that in your minute, the Lord changed your life. I want you to contact us on our website. I want to pray for you right now, for families right now. In this moment, you're needing the Lord to be real. In this moment, you need to know that God is right there with you. To that same Jesus who came to the house of Israel, to the door of Jerusalem, will come right in your house. And I declare as I pray, peace over your home. That you won't be full of anxiety or worry because this virus, that that Palm Sunday power that brought Jesus to Israel brings Jesus to your house today. I bless you. I want to tell you that this weekend's going to be powerful. I want to tell you that this entire week we're going to celebrate and remember all that Jesus did. The week Holy Week. Pastor Don and I are going to go live every day at lunch. And we're going to talk to you about the process that Jesus was in. And we want you to join us. But the reality is, folks, that while we're not meeting in this building, we're still doing the king's business. The truth is, we're not doing less. We're doing more. I feel like I'm preaching more. I'm online more. We're doing more outreaches. We're providing more food. We're being as careful as we can. But we also are exempt from some of the guidelines because we are literally providing substance for people who if we don't bring them food, they won't have it. We prepare hundreds of hot meals every week and bring them into homes. We gave away so far 71,000 pounds of food to thousands of people. So the church is still in business and your giving is making the difference. And I want to tell you, I, I'm amazed always at the generosity of Calvary. You say, well, Pastor, I haven't been, and I need to give. Or it's time for me to tithe, and I usually drop it in the plate. How can I give? There are many ways that you can give. You can go to calvaryfl.com. That's our website. And click on the giving tab at the top right-hand corner, and you can follow the instructions there, and you can give. You can go to the App Store. If you don't have a Calvary app, you can go to the App Store. And you can download the app. Just click on the give icon. You can give right there. If you're watching on Facebook Live, you can click on the link that's in your social media feed. And you can give right there. 
You say, well, Pastor, I'd, I'd, I'd like to give in more traditional ways. Well, we have drop boxes around the church. When you're out and maybe you're getting groceries or things like that, you can actually stop by. It's a very secure way to give. You can try it in the front door, one of them I know for sure, and you can give it a drop box right there. You can give to missions. That's very important. We're still supporting 167 missionaries. Haven't stopped supporting one, even though we haven't received an offering in this church in a month. Your giving is making a difference. Well, Pastor, I used to give on my cell phone, or I know I can give on my cell phone. What's the number? 386 Ormond Beach, 866 3060. I'll say it again. 386 866 3060. Text, tithe, missions, whatever you're going to give, and the amount. You can set that up in just a moment. Calvary Palm Coast, 386 200. 5535. Our newest campus, you're so generous, so proud of you. Thank God for you. Your number to text to give, 386 200 5535. Calvary NSB, more committed to you than we've ever been, more excited huh, about what Jesus is going to do in our city. And NSB, thank you for your generosity. Your number is 386-200-6522. In these times, I'd like to invite some of you that can and will to do what Pastor Don and I have done. We make our giving reoccurring so that our gifts just come right out of our, right out of our checking account every month because we want to make sure that we put God first. I want to tell you this. In Jesus' name. I believe something powerful has happened in your house today. I believe the King has come. So, Father, I thank you for the generosity of people as they give right now. I thank you, Lord, for those who have opened their heart to receive your word. We declare that the King has come to their house. Thank you, Lord, that what we've experienced the last several weeks this is not a synagogue invasion or a temple invasion or even a church building invasion. This is a home invasion. I speak blessings and favor over your life. Walk in freedom and peace this week. In Jesus' name, I declare the blessing of the Lord over you. Love you all. Thank you again for listening to this message. We pray that it inspired you in every single way. For more information about Calvary Christian Center or to give, you can go to calvaryfl.com and be sure to subscribe and like this podcast. And we will see you next week here on the Calvary FL Podcast.